In today, middle of Daf Lamed Beis, uh, we're going to start towards, more towards the bottom of the Yomud. The first word in the line is Ho'arbayim, where it says Uminayin. We read a few lines here already, but we'll continue from there. This is in the middle of a Brais, actually. This Brais discusses the source for two, two things. First of all, the source for the fact that there were five Tvilas every day, not every day, sorry, every Yom Kippur in the Beis HaMikdash. And the Brais brought two sources, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, and Rabbi's opinion, and the Gemara will soon explain both of their opinions. Then the Brais also is bringing the source for the ten times that the Kohen God let the wash and sanctify his hands and feet in the base of Mikdash. So let's continue, let's complete the Braisa. And then the Gemara, as I said, will explain different details of this Braisa. So the Braisa says, Uminayin shakol tvila tvila shnei From where do we know that every time the Kohen Gadol the five times, he has to sanctify his hands and feet to, uh, twice. Tamud Laima, as the Pasik says, Upashat, Virochatz, and Virochatz Vilovash. It says first he takes off his clothing, then it says he washes himself. It only says it once, but then it says Vilovash that he dresses. So we apply the word Virochatz to him taking off his garments, and we apply the word Virochatz to getting dressed. So we see that it, he has to do it twice. Rabbi Shimon has a different source for the Kayin washing his hands and feet on Yom Kippur. He says it's a Kavachayma. If every day, in the Beis HaMikdash, when the Kayin comes to serve in the Beis HaMikdash in the morning, so there's no Tvila. She has to wash his hands and feet. So a place where the Teireh says that it's required for the Teireh. To come and table, so for sure, ain't a din shetan kiddush. Most definitely, it should be required for the kain gadol to come and wash his hands and feet. So Rashi here explains that this gemara is following the opinion that we learned before, that says that when the the kain bamis when he came into the Beis Hamikdash every morning did have to go to the mikveh. Here the gemara says that uh, when you come into the mikveh to the Beis Hamikdash every morning, you don't have to go to the mikveh. So Rashi says our gemara is following the opinion that we said before that the only requirement to toivel every morning is midrabonon, just to remind the person that he might have been tome. But really, there's no tvila that it ever says when you come into the Beis HaMikdash in the morning. And nevertheless, you have to wash your hands and feet. So for sure, in a time in the Yom Kippur, when the Kayan has to wash his hands and feet, sorry, when he has to go to the mikveh, that is, for sure he has to wash his hands and feet. That's the source for washing hands and feet, according to the Blaz of Shimon. So now the Gemara explains, so just like it is when the Kayan washes his hands every day, it's only once. So so too over here, the Kayan should have to wash his hands and feet only once. Therefore the Pasik says, And he takes off his garments, which he was wearing. So these are extra words here. When it says, Asher Lovash, which he was wearing, Why does it have to say those words, Asher Lovash? Obviously, a person only gets undressed from the clothing that he's wearing. So why does it say those words? Ella, the reason is, It's adding those words to compare when the Kayan gets undressed to when he gets dressed. Ma levisha ton kiddush. Just like when he gets dressed, he has to wash his hands and feet. Afshita, so too when he takes <coughs> off his garments, ton kiddush. He also has to wash his hands and feet. So therefore, we see from here that he has to wash his hands and feet twice. Okay. So this is the conclusion of the brayse, the source of the five tvilis, <coughs> and the source of the ten times that he washes his hands and feet. Now the Gemara goes back and will quote 
the Braise from the beginning, piece by piece, and we'll explain each piece separately. It said in the Braise, From where do we know that the Kayin goes to the Mikveh five times and washes his hands and feet ten times? And Tamad Loimar, he said, the Pasik is, He's to wash himself in the holy place. This teaches me, when he exchanges from one Aveda to another, he's taking off the garments and putting on new garments for a different Aveda. He has to go, he has to go to the mikveh. So now this is Rabbi Yehuda's source. So the Gemara asks on this, Ashkechon, mi big day lovon, le big day zohov. That Pasik is talking about the kind that's changing from the white garments to the gold garments. So in this Pasik I see that when he exchanges to the gold garments, he has to go to the mikveh. Mi big day zohov, le big day lovon, mi nine. However, from where do we see that the reverse is also true? When you change, when you change from the gold garments to the white garments, you also have to wash your hands. So Rabbi Shmuel said, according to Rabbi Yehuda, we can say that that doesn't need a Pasik. Because it's a Kavachayim that he has to go to the Mikveh. If when he exchanges into the gold garments, and he's not going to be going into the Kedush HaKadoshim, he has to go to the Mikveh. When he's changing into the white garments and he's going to be going into the Kedush HaKadoshim, most definitely he has to go to the Mikveh. So it's a Kavachayim. But the Gemara refutes this. No, I can say maybe it's the opposite. You know why he would have to go to the Mikveh when he puts on the gold garments. Because the Aveda done in the gold garments is the many karbonis, which brings about a kapada for the Kayin and for all the Klal Yisrael. <coughs> so there's more kapada that there is in the Aveda with the gold garments. So you can't, uh, you can't compare it to when you put on the white garments. That's a big, bigger Chumrah. So Elah, therefore the Gemara concludes that there's no Kavachaymeh, Nafkelei Midarabi. Even Rabbi Yehuda will agree to the Pasik that Rabbi brings in the Braise before, Rashi quotes it here on the top of the Yomad, Ksaynes Bat Kaidesh, Yilbosh, Verochatz Bamayim Olevesham. That even when you put, you put on the white garments, you have to go to the Mikveh. So there's a Pasik that says you go to the Mikveh when you put on the gold garments, and then there's another Pasik that also says when you put on the white garments that you go to the Mikveh. Now the Gemara quotes the next part of the Braise. Omar Rabbi, in the Braise, Rabbi said, How do you know that he goes to the mikveh five times and ten times he washes his hands? <coughs> so he brought a different Pasik. The Pasik where it says the source to go to the mikveh when you put on the white garments. And then <coughs> the Pasik continues and says, as Rashi just quoted, that he goes to the mikveh. When you switch your garments from one Aveda to another, that you have to go to the mikveh. And now, <coughs> the Verochatz means mikveh. Verochatz means going into the mikveh. The Gemara will soon explain. So the Gemara asks on this the similar question to what it asked in Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi is bringing a Pasik, Ashkechon, mi big dezov, le big lovan. The Pasik Rabbi is quoting is only regarding a person that's changing, the Kayin Godel that's changing from the gold garments to the white garments. Mi big lovan, le big dezov, mi nayim. But how do we know the reverse as well? So here again, the Gemara tries to make a Kavachayim. Tana de Rabbi Shmol. Kavachayim. I'll tell it to you that you know it from a Kavachayim. Ma big de lovon, she'en kaparosan merub, if when it comes to the white garments. And they're not being used for carbonis, which have a lot of kapara in it. 
To unen tevile, you have to go to the mikveh. Big days of shakaparasa merube, the gold garments which you bring the karbonis and there's much more kapara in it. And it didn't shatunen tevile. Most definitely, you have to go to the mikveh. Again, the Gemara refutes the Kavachaymer, but it kill a mifrach. Ma'ala big day lovon, there's something that's more unique when you put on the white garments. Shekein nichnas bem lefnaiv lefnim, because you're entering into the Kaidash HaKadosh. So you can't use this Kavachaymer to say that you have to go to the mikveh when you put on the gold garments. So therefore the Gemara concludes and says, So hainu diktani, this is what it says in the Braisa before, in Rabbi's opinion, the Braisa there continues and says, V'oimer, the Pasik says, Big day kaidish heim. He's putting on Big Day Kaidish, therefore he goes to the Mikveh And therefore, Big Day Kaidish, from this the Gemara before said that because it says Big Day Kaidish, I learn out that any Big Day Kaidish you put on, whether it's the gold Big Day Kaidish or it's the white Big Day Kaidish, it makes no difference. Always, you have to go to the Mikveh. Now the Braisa continued and said, the Chomish Avedis Hain. What are the five Avedis every day? Tomid Shal Shachar. The first begins with the carbon Tomid. That's the Big Day Zahov, the gold garments. Avedis Ayayim, then the special Avedis of the day, which is the Ketairis that you bring inside the Kedesh HaKedoshim, the Big Day Lovon. That's with the white garments. Eloi, Ve'elaom, then the carbonists that are brought to the rams that he brings for himself and for the Yidin. That's again the Big Day Zahov. And then he has to go back into the Kedesh HaKedoshim to take out the Ketairis. Kafu Machto. To take it back out, the big day love him, puts back on the white garments. And then again, he exchanges back into gold, the big day zahov. So those are the five times. Now the Braisa continues on to the next subject regarding the ten times that he washes his hands and feet. From where do you know that every time he goes to the mikveh, he has to sanctify his hands and feet twice? Talmud Loimar, Upashat. Verochatz, verochatz, velovash. That the verochatz refers to washing your hands and feet, and it refers to when you take off your garments and when you put on your garments. That's the till is the quote from the brayso that we learned before. So this the Gemara asks, Hi, betvilixiv. This pasuk verochatz isn't it referring to the kind tayveling in the mikveh? That's the, the way we used this pasuk before, didn't we? Verochatz means that he washes himself, he bathes himself, meaning he goes into the mikveh. Doesn't refer to washing his hands and feet. So the Gemara answers, it's extra Pasik, because in Eine Inyin Latvila, this Pasik where it says Verochas, if it's not needed for the Kayin going to the Mikveh, why? The Nafkelei Mi Big Day Kaydashem, we just quoted before, according to Rebbe's opinion, that you learn out from what it says, Big Day Kaydashem Verochas Espesare Bamayim, that every time you're changing your garments, you have to wash yourself in the Mikveh. So we already have a Pasik where it says Verochas, referring to going to the Mikveh. So when it says here again Verochas, it refers to sanctifying your hands and feet, not washing yourself in the mikveh. If this pasik is extra and it does not refer to going into the mikveh, it refers only to washing your hands and feet, so why does the Torah write it with this expression of verochatz? Why doesn't it write the expression of kiddush that you have to sanctify your hands and feet? So the Gemara explains. By the Torah using this expression of verochatz, even though it's referring to washing your hands and feet, it's teaching me the tvile kekidush. It wants you to understand that you have to compare the tvile to washing your hands and feet. Ma kiddush b'mokim kodesh. Just like when you wash your hands and feet, where is it done? It's done in the base of mikdash, in a holy place, from the kiyer. It's, it's done in Dazara. Aftvile b'mokim kodesh. So too, when you go to the mikveh and yom kippur, it has to be in a holy place. Now the Gemara comes back to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda, Kiddush Minole, 
According to Rabbi Yehuda, from where do you know that you have to wash your hands and feet in Yom Kippur? Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, this Pasuk that we just brought, Poshad, Verochatz, Velovash, that is the Pasuk that Rabbi Yehuda actually brought before for the Tefillah. Rabbi Yehuda says, that, that is the Pasuk that's brought for Tefillah. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, where is the Pasuk, where is the source that you wash your hands and feet in Yom Kippur? The Gemara answers, like the other opinion brought in the Braise, Rabbi Lazar Barab Shimon says that it's learned out with a Kavachaymer from this that you have to wash your hands and feet every single day. And then he learns out from the extra words, Asher Lavash, that you have to <laughs> wash twice. So he learns it like Rabbi Lazar Barab Shimon. Now the Gemara says, Omar Rav Chiste said, Ha de Rebbe. This that we just learned here from what Rebbe said regarding washing your hands and feet in Yom Kippur. Mafke mid He's not like Rab Meir's opinion. And it's also not like the Rabbanon's opinion. And the Gemara will explain why. If you remember, we had before two opinions, Rab Meir and the Rabbanon, what exactly the order was in washing your hands and feet. Rab Meir's opinion was that first the Kayan takes off his uh, garments, and then he washes his hands, and then he goes to the mikveh, then he gets dressed, and then he washes his hands again. The Rabbanon's opinion is that he washes his hands and feet before he gets undressed. Then he gets undressed, then he goes to the mikveh, then he puts on his clothing, and then he washes his hands and feet again. Those were the two opinions we had before, Rab Meir and the Rabbanon. So now the Gemara says, if you look at, Rab Chista says, that if you look at Rabbi's opinion here, he seems to be saying, not like Rab Meir, and not like Rabbanon either. The Ilu Rabbanon Omri, what did the Rabbanon say? One second, one second. The Ilu Rabbanon Omri, what did the Rabbanon say? Kishuhu Lavosh Mekadosh. Rabbanan's opinion is that both of the times that the Kohen Gadol washes his hands and feet, it's while he's dressed. He washes once before he gets undressed, and then he washes a second time at the end, after he gets dressed, the new garments. So both times he's dressed. And what is Rabbi saying? According to Rav Chista, the way Rav Chista understood Rabbi's opinion, both times when he washes his hands and feet is when he's undressed. Now, why does Rav Chiste understand Rebbe's opinion this way? Where does he see that Rebbe holds that uh, he washes his hands and feet when he's undressed both times? So Rashi explains, Rav Chiste understood the simple pshara the drasha the pasik, upashat v'rochatz v'lavash, which means the order is, first he gets undressed, then he washes his hands and feet, then he goes to the mikveh, then he v'rochatz, again he washes his hands and feet before he gets dressed again, and then v'lavash, only afterwards does he get dressed. So Rav Chista understood that the Seder is the way the drasha is. Both times he washes his hands and feet, he's not dressed. So therefore it's not like Rabbanan's opinion that say that both times that he washes his hands and feet is while he's dressed. And now it's also not like Rav Meir's opinion. Rabbi's opinion is also not like Rav Meir. Why? Because Rav Meir said, the second time that he washes his hands and feet, that's after you're dressed. So even though Rav Meir holds the first time you wash your hands and feet, it's after you get undressed, but the second time it's after you're dressed already. And Rav Chist understands that according to Rebbe, what did Rebbe say? Both, both times he washes his hands and feet, it's after he's undressed. So therefore, we have a third opinion over here. But Rav Acha Bayakiv disagrees with Rav Chista. He says, no, 
Everybody agrees that the second time you wash your hands and feet and achakach mekadesh. So first you get rest, and then you wash your hands and feet. Why? My time the omakro, because as the pasuk that says bechlal benegay to the kain and washing them their hands and feet when they come to the beis hamikdash every day, oy begishtam elam isbeach that you have to wash your hands when you're going to come to the mizbeach. What do we learn from here? When do you wash your hands if all that's lacking is to come, to come close to the Mizbeach? But that excludes a Kayin. If he's undressed, he went to the Mikveh and he's undressed and he still has to get dressed and then he could only come close to the Mizbeach, that's not, he can't yet wash his hands because he first has to get dressed. So everybody agrees to this Drasha that the second time that you wash your hands and feet, it's only after you're dressed. Okay, so we have two opinions over here in explaining Rebbe's opinion. So Ravache Bereiderova said to Ravashi, Ravchiste disagrees with what Ravache said, and Ravache disagrees with what Ravchiste said. The Himkain, if we're going to say that they disagree with it, that they do agree with each other's opinions, then Lerebi Havalei Chameser Kiddushin. It would come out according to Rebbe that the Kain is washing his hands and feet 15 times. Why? Because if you say that they hold of each other's opinions, then the Kain has to wash his hands and feet before he gets undressed, or maybe after he gets undressed, but before he goes to the mikveh, and then he has to wash his hands after he comes out of the mikveh before he gets dressed. And then he has to wash his hands and feet again after he gets dressed. So every time he would go to the mikveh, he would have to wash his hands and feet three times. So he's going to the mikveh five times, that would be 15 times. So therefore, there's a machloikis here when it's done, but they don't agree to each other's opinions. It's either before he gets dressed or after, but not both of the times. We go back to the Mishnah, it said, The order of the Aveda of the Kain. So he begins the day and he shakts the carbon tomit. What did it say in the Mishnah? Kartzai. Kartza means he begins the shechita, he like slits the throat of the animal, he starts the shechita and then another kayan takes over. My kartza, so what is, this, what is this expression, what is this, the translation of this word kartza, what does it mean? Omar Ule said, lishne de ketalohu. It's an expression that means that he, that he kills the animal by the shechita, even though he doesn't complete it. Omar Avnachmi by Yitzchak, so Avnachmi by Yitzchak said, Maikra, where is the source, where do I find this expression of kartzim, meaning that to kill the animal? It's a Pasuk that says, Agala yafiyafiya Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim is compared to a nice, to a beautiful uh, calf, Keretz Mitzofim Baba, and there's a Keretz that comes from Tzofim. So what does Keretz mean in that Pasuk? My mashma, where do I see that Keretz means to kill? Like Rav Yosef translated, Malke Yoy Have Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was a great, beautiful kingdom. Amimin Katailin Mitzipune Yesen Allah. But a nation of, that will kill them from the north will come. This is a Nevoe that refers to the time period where Bavel will come and take over the kingdom of Mitzrayim. So we see that the, the word Keretz there means Ketoilin. A nation will come and kill and take over the, uh, the kingdom of Mitzrayim. So that's where the word Kartzai means to kill. Now the Gemara says Kartzai Bekama. When it says that the Kohen Gadol has to begin the Shechite, so how much does he have to do? Amar Ule, says, Beroiv Shnaim. He has to cut most, the majority of the two pipes of the animal. also said, Most of two of the pipes of the animal. Shlokish also agrees that the Kayan has to cut most of the two pipes of the animal and that's considered to be a kosher shechite. 
he doesn't have to do more, and the rest is done by a different kayan. So where do we see... Well, to complete the cutting of these two pipes. It's only right. He cuts the majority of the two pipes. The shechita is kosher. And then the rest, the, another kind completes. So where do I see that Rishlokish agreed to this? So the Gemara here is going to bring from the Gemara and Chulin that speaks about shechita in general. Not only regarding shechita in the Beis Mikdash, but Pachlal shechita. So Rishlokish had the following question there in the Gemara of Chulin. Once it says the Mishnah, cutting most of the pipe of the animal or even by a bird. By a bird, you only have to cut one pipe of the, of the throat. So, so, huh? so, so, the, right, so you have to cut one. So the Mishnah there says that if you cut the majority of it, it's like cutting the entire pipe. That, that's the rule that we know. is like the entire thing. If so, Lama Shaninu, why does the Mishnah there have to say again, that this means most of one of the pipes by a bird, and two of the majority of two of the pipes by the behemoth? Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it be obvious? Wouldn't I know this? Once you tell me that the majority of the pipe, of cutting the pipe, is like cutting the entire, so it doesn't have to spell out again and say, oh, by the bird it's the entire of one, and by the animal it's the entire of two. I, the halach is that by a bird you have to cut one, and by a behemoth you have to cut two. So I would understand myself that roiv would be okay. So it's basically the mission is repeating the same thing twice. So he answered and said, So basically the shlokish is going to say, one time the mission is saying it regarding shechita b'chlal, for all animals, and another time it's saying it to teach me that this also applies to the shechita of a carbon, by kachim. Because it says here, by Karbanis, by the Yom Kippur, that they brought the Tama to the Kayan Gadol. He began the Shechite, and then someone else completed the Shechite, and the Kibble is Adam, and the Kayan Gadol is one that receives the blood of and he sprays it on the Mizbeach. So Yochel, I would think, I would think that if another Kayan did not complete the Shechite, that the Shechite would be possible. In other words, that Mishnah, that extra Mishnah in Chulin, is going to come and teach me over here, also regarding Kachim, that even if it wasn't completed, I would think that it would be possible. Now, the Gemara interrupts this, this uh, point, and it says, it says that I would think that if you don't complete the Shechite by the Kachim, I would think that it's possible. So the Gemara says, how could you say this? You would think if another Kayan doesn't complete it, it would be possible. How could that be? If that would be the case, so that would mean that the Kayan Gadol's Shechite was incomplete. It, was a, it wasn't a good Shechite yet. And only when another Kayan comes and completes it, that's when it becomes a Kasher Shechite. So then how could you say that? Because it comes out that the Aveda of the Shechite is being done by someone else and not by the Kayan Gadol. Utnan, and we learned in a Mishnah or Tanya, right. that the Kayan Gadol is the one that has to do all the Avedis. So, how can we think that if the Kayan Gadol doesn't complete the Shechit, that it would be possible? It's obvious that this is going to be kosher because he has to be the one doing the Aveda. So, the Gemara says, This is what Rishlakish meant to say. I would think that if another client doesn't complete the shechita, even if the shechita is already good, but I would think maybe that it should be possible mid Rabbanon. And Rashi explains why. There's a swara to make a difference between regular shechita and the shechita of a carbon. By the regular shechita, the point of the shechita is to kill the animal, and that's the, the kosher shechita, that you could eat the meat. What's the point by the shechita of, of kachim? There's another point, to be able to take out the blood. 
to receive the blood from the animal. So maybe I would think that if you didn't completely cut the throat of the animal, the blood is not going to come out completely. And therefore, with the Rabbanon, I would think that it's possible. So therefore, therefore the Mishnah in Chulim, there's an extra Mishnah there that says, that you slit, you cut most of the throat of the bird and two by the animal, that it's going to be kosher. So it's saying it an extra time and it's extra Mishnah to teach me that by a regular shechita of Chulim, it's going to be kosher. And even by Kachim, where part of the purpose of the shechita is also to take out the blood, Rav is going to be kosher. So this is the source where we see that Ishlakish said that kartse means raiv, cutting raiv of the pipes of the animal, it's going to be kosher. And now the Gemara returns to the subject here and says, As we just said, once the Kohen God will cut most of the pipe, it's a totally good shechite, and even with the Rabbanon, there's no issue. So if so, why does there have to be another kind that comes to complete the shechite? It's totally done, even with the Rabbanon, there's no issue. So the Gemara answers, you're right, but mitzvah lamarik. Nevertheless, there's still a mitzvah to, to do it. And Rashi says the reason is because the main point, one of the main points of the shechit is to take out the blood completely. So if you shecht it completely, more blood comes out. And therefore, it is a mitzvah to complete it, even though it's totally done through the kain gadol, even if it's not completed. So he has to, has to wait the uh, second one to continue. Right, the next, the next one, next one, he's not enough to wait, right away. The second one, the second client comes in and completes it right away. So, he, so that second he could do himself, but then he'll be No, but uh, that, he has to immediately grab the Kaili and another, yeah. Sorry, Taisus here actually says, the Gemara asks the question, why does it have to be completed? So Taisus says, that this whole thing, that the rave of the Simonim is good enough, is only is only b'diyevet. L'chatchile, you're supposed to shech the entire pipes of the animal completely. So why is the Gemara asking the question over here? Why is it necessary to have another kind doing this? So Taisu says, this that by shechite, the halach is, that you're supposed to cut the entire pipes entirely, is when one, one person does the shechite. So there, the hider is that he should cut it completely, not rave. But over here, if the, this kain is only cutting rave, and another kain is going to take over to do the other part, we don't find by shechita such a thing that there's a hidda that someone else should take over. Therefore, the Gemara here is asking the question, why is it any hidda that another person should take over? Adarabah, there's a, there's a concept by shechita called shehiyah, that if you do and you stop and someone else takes over, so because you waited in between, it doesn't even complete the shechita properly. So why, what's the point of having another kain take over? Right, so therefore, the Gemara answers that there's still a mitzvah, as Rashi said, because here there's another point to the shechita. The shechita is not only about killing the animal, it's also about taking out all the blood properly in order to be able to do the zrike. So you have to, you're supposed to empty out the entire blood. So therefore, it's still a mitzvah to have another kain take over. Now the Gemara starts a new subject going on to the Seder Avedah of uh, the Kain Gadol and Yom Kippur, but before it uh, will bring this to the Seder of the Kain Gadol and Yom Kippur, which is connected to what the Mishnah spoke about here, the whole Seder, it brings the Seder of and the Beis HaMikdash every single day. And this is a Gemara which everybody knows, we say this every single morning in the Karbanas of Davening, and then the Gemara will eventually bring this back to the Aveda of Yom Kippur. So Abaye Mesader Ma'arocha Mishmei the Gemara Abayeth organized the order of the Aveda Dana the Beis HaMikdash in the name of a tradition that he had and this is all according to the opinion of Abishol. There's a machlekes about this. We had this actually earlier in the Gemara on the Fidalit. It brought two opinions and this is here according to the opinion of Abishol. The main difference between Abishol's opinion 
and the Rabbanan's opinion is regarding where the Ketaitis was done. According to the Rabbanan's opinion, which is actually the opinion that the Rambam Paskins according to, the Ketaitis was done in between, in the middle of lighting the Menaita. Five Natus first were cleaned out, and then the Ketaitis, and then another two Natus. According to Abishal's opinion that Abaya quotes, the Ketaitis was done after the cleaning out of the Menaita, not in between. So let's see. So the order is The first thing is they prepared the big place where the fire was on the Mizbeach. That was in the center of the Mizbeach. And that comes before preparing another smaller place where they had a fire, which was, as Rashi here says, on the Marovis Dreymus of the Mizbeach. And that little fire was the place where they took the fire for the Ketaitis. Then, this smaller place of the fire in the, in the corner of the Mizbeach, they prepared that, before before the two logs of wood that they brought onto the Mizbeach, that was a separate uh, mitzvah every day, they had to bring two logs of wood onto the Mizbeach, in the center of the Mizbeach. The Siddush Negizreitzim, and these, placing these two logs of wood on the Mizbeach, is Kaidem Ledishu Mizbeach Apnimi. Comes before they cleaned out the Mizbeach inside to be able to bring the new Ketairas that day. Vidishum Mizbeach Apnimi, cleaning out the Mizbeach inside, is Kaidem Latavas Chamesh Neiris. That comes before cleaning out five of the Neiris of the Menaira. Vatavas Chamesh Neiris, the cleaning out of the, these five Neiris. Kaidem Ledamatomid comes before the Damatomid, which includes the Shechita of the Carbon Tomid and the Zrika of the Carbon Tomid. And then the Damatomid, Kaidum Latavishtainatis, and the carbon tomid is before the two natis. So according to Abishal's opinion, between the five natis and the two natis, they interrupted with what? With the shita and the zrika of the carbon tomid. Vatavashtainatis, cleaning out the two natis, kaidem liktaitis comes before the ktaitis, which means that after the minaitis is complete, then you come to the ktaitis. The Ketaitis comes before the parts of the carbon tamid that have to be brought and to be burnt on the Mizbeach. Then Veivarim le Mincha. Veivarim that are burnt on the Mizbeach is before the carbon Mincha that's brought along with the carbon tamid. Or Mincha le Chavitin. The carbon Mincha is before the Chavitin that the Kain Godel had to bring every day that's going to be burnt on the Mizbeach. The Chavitin le Nesachin. The Chavitin comes before the wine, the Nesachin that are poured on the Mizbeach. The Nesachin of the carbon Tamit comes before, if it's a Shabbos or a Shchidosh like today, before the Musafin that are brought afterwards. The Musafin come before the Bazichin, which refers to the frankincense that was on Shabbos. This is on a Shabbos that they brought the Bazichin on the Mizbeach. It doesn't only refer to the Bazichin, but it refers to Bechlal preparing all the Lechem upon him. So this came, when did they prepare the Lechem upon him and then burn the Bazichin from the previous week? After the Musafin. And then this was the last Aveda of the day on Shabbos. The Bezichin comes before the Tamid that's brought in the afternoon. Shanamar, we learn out in the Pasuk, it says, that you burn the par, all the carbonates of the Shlomim. Aleha, Aleha refers after the carbon Tamid shall Shachar. Which means that all the carbonates have to be brought after the carbon tomit shal shachar and not after the carbon tomit shal bein arbayim. The carbon tomit shal bein arbayim has to be before, uh, it has to be at the end of everything. It has to be at the end of everything. Okay, so let me just point out an interesting thing regarding this abayav and which we say every single day. So the question that all the Mepharshim ask is if we don't even paskin like Abishal, 
we pass like Rabbanan's opinion that the Ketairas is brought every, uh, every day between the Menaira, between the five and the two natives of the Menaira. So why are we always saying every day from Abishol and not from the, Rab- the, the Rabbanan's opinion, which the Rambam Paskins like? So the Besiyasev says that even though we really Paskin like uh, the Rabbanan, but nevertheless, the Oilam, the Velt, the meaning in the Velt is that we say like the Psakten of Abishol, even though that's not really the Psak Alocha. That's what the Besiyasev says. So the Rebbe once spoke about this, actually in Parshish Tetzaveh, Tavshin Nun Beis, the Rebbe spoke about this Bariches. And the point the Rebbe said there is that Bismana Golos, the opinion of Abishol, is more applicable than the opinion of the Rabbanon. The Ketayres in the Beis HaMikdash represents the deepest Kayach of Mesiris Nefesh of Ayid, because Ketayres represents the Pnimius Alev, the Rebbe says in Lukot Ketayres. Bismana Shabbat Beis HaMikdash Kayam, when they lit the Menorah, in between lighting the Menorah, they were able to bring the Ketayres, which represents taking the light of the Menorah and bringing it into the deepest place and being Megal the Mesiris Nefesh of Ayid. Bismana Agolos though, when we don't have that kind of a Kayach, and the Rebbe actually says that Abaya refers to the Matzav of the Yidin Bismana Golos. Why? Because Abaya is Rosh Tevis, Asher B'cha Yeruchem Yosim. Abaya was a Yosim, he didn't have a father, and therefore he was raised by someone else. So therefore his, his, his name refers to the Yidin in the time of Golos, when we're far away from our father. So Bismana Agolos, we specifically say this Seder of Abaya, where the Keteris is brought separate from the Neides Amaroche, the Neides of the Beis Mikdosh, because now in the time of Golos, we don't have that same Kayach like Bismasha Beis Amikdosh Kayam to take the Neides Amenayra and be Megalet and a person the same way. So therefore today, the Minig is to say Dafke in this Seder. The Hemshech of the Gemara here, it will go through piece by piece the order that uh, Abishal here said and it will bring the sources for this. Okay. Huh?